Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, Steven, and this, this is a bonus episode. I didn't want to leave y'all with nothing for the next two weeks before season two launches on Monday, January the 13th. So I thought I'd throw together a little bonus episode. You'll get a trailer for season two next week, and then the new episodes begin. So I've been watching... Good Mythical Morning. It's a YouTube channel. It's a show. It's a daily show, Monday through Friday, if you're not aware. It's, they're kind of fun. But they just wrapped up season 16. And what they always do when they wrap up a season, they spend a week playing best of episodes. Basically, they, they like on, I don't know, the Monday, the, the, the first week they were gone, the Monday they did the top five most Good Lord, I don't remember, but the, the, the top five most immature moments of the year on the show and the top five most experimental projects, you know, junk like that, you know, and then they, they leave it off. The last episode of the week is the top five greatest moments of the year on Good Mythical Morning. And they're all voted on by the viewers. They, they go out. I don't know where they, I don't know where they do it all. I don't, I'm, I watch the show, but I'm not into it that much. You know what I'm saying? So I thought, well, that would be fun to do with just another fanboy, do a do a top five show or, or or whatnot. But you know, I don't while I have an audience, I don't think my audience is big enough to fully participate in a hey, give me your top five favorite moments from season one of just another fanboy. 
I, like I said, I have an audience. I'm not going to make the mistake. I made the mistake once back in my old podcasting days of joking about the fact that nobody's listening. And that tends to get the folks that are listening, it tends to offend them just a bit because they're like, nobody? Who am I? Chopped liver? Apparently chopped liver is just not a good thing. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I've never eaten it. So because I didn't really feel like I would get the kind of participation that would create the top five favorite moments of season one of Just Another Fanboy, I just created my own. And what I did, I didn't go through and say, here are my top five favorite moments, because not even I have time to think about all the moments throughout 70 episodes of season one and pick out my top five. I don't even have time for that. Why would I expect my audience to do something like that. No, instead, I got online to the old random number generator, plugged in my numbers from one to 70, and then rolled the dice five times. So this is the top five random episode moments from season one of Just Another Fanboy. Buckle up. So I didn't do these in like a top five. I'm not counting backwards from five to one. I'm just going to go the first, second, and third, blah, 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 blah. Only because that's the way I wrote it down in my little book, and I feel like if I try to do it in reverse, I'm going to mess myself up. So the, the first random moment from season one of Just Another Fanboy comes from episode number seven, in which I talked about Captain America number 308. This was from September 11th of 2019. This is the issue in which Cap faces the armadillo and how he resolves the whole thing. He meets the big bad. He resolves it. Let's let's listen, shall we? Cap's alone. Hawkeye had given him a tour of the facilities. And so Cap's ready to go get a Quinjet and fly back to New York when the alarm goes off. Someone else now is breaking in to the compound. And Cap knows that there's nobody else. The rest of the Avengers are out. So it's up to him. And that's when he discovers on the grounds, a giant orange armadillo, man. And uh, he, Cap being the guy he is, he doesn't just immediately attack. I think, I think you know, these whippersnappers nowadays, the way they write comics, these, these young men and women, the way they write comics nowadays, they see a big giant orange armadillo, man, attacking the, you know, breaking into play. The, these superheroes, they just attack. They don't question them at all. I don't know if that's true. I'm just, I'm just being a, being a grumpy old goat. But Cap, not attacking, he asks, you know, who are you? What are you doing here? You better give me some answers. And the Armadillo's man's like, uh, whatever, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear you apart because I'm here for a reason and I can't let you stop me. And so they fight and they fight and they fight some more. And it's a nice little, nice little few pages of fighting. And then, but Cap finally, he can't, he can't overpower him. The Armadillo is super strong and he's, He's he's a he's a freaking walking armadillo. He has just armor plating all over him. And Cap, he just he can't subdue him, so he he tricks them. He tricks him. He decides to use the uh, compound security measures that he got through earlier. He decides to use those to help him defeat the armadillo. And in the end, he drops the armadillo into one of these pits and he falls into a titanium net. And it, and it's at that point that Cap's like, "All right, look, you're not getting free. I think it's time we actually talked. Tell me what the heck is going on. Why are you doing this? And the guy tells him this whole story about how his wife 
is sick. He is a uh, he just got out of prison. His wife is sick, and um, he gets help from this dude named Doctor Mollus, who's this evil scientist type guy. And we know him, or at least I know him, from the West Coast Avengers epic collection that I've been reading. There was an issue, uh, I think, an annual, an Iron Man annual, and they reference it in the book. So, and I'm looking at the page right now, Iron Man annual number seven, in which Iron Man goes up against Goliath, a, a new version of Goliath, a new guy who's going by the name Goliath, and he is a uh, he got his powers from this Doctor Mollus, who just can turn people into superpowered criminals, and when he fought Iron Man. They ended up detaining him. He's 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 like in stasis at the Avengers compound and Dr. Malice wants him back. So he puts the armadillo's wife into this tank and says that he can he can save her. He can cure her. But armadillo's got to do something for him. He wants him to go to the Avengers West Coast campus and bring back Goliath. And so. He tells Cap this, and Cap's like, all right, well, let's go. Let's go. I'll show you where Goliath is. And he takes him into the mansion, and there's the Goliath laid out, unconscious, and he's still in his giant form. So he's like 50 feet tall, 50 tons, and Armadillo's looking at him, and he's thinking, oh, well, I can't. How am I supposed to get this guy back to Dr. Mollis? And, uh, well, I, no, actually, now that, I, now that I think about it, I, I almost forgot. He had this little thing taped under his arm that was a little canister of, of, of like a shrink gas, but it had opened up while they were fighting and evaporated. And so he can't shrink him down. So Cap, he, he goes back. He's like, well, I'll just go back to Dr. Malice and I will get some more of the shrink potion and then I'll come back and, and, and we'll, and I'll, and I'll get him. And Cap's like, hey, man, that's cool. Whatever you want to do. And so the armadillo goes trundling off and Cap is thinking to himself, man, I'm glad that happened. I really didn't want him to leave with Goliath. I only told him that Goliath was here, hoping that I could follow them back to where Dr. Malice was. And so that's what he does. And of course, he says it's very easy to follow the armadillo because the armadillo is very slow and, well, he's easy to spot. And so Armadillo goes back to Dr. Malice's lab and he tells him, sorry, man, I didn't, I wasn't able to get Goliath. I need more of the, the shrink gas, but don't worry. Cap, Captain America, I talked to him and he said, if I just come back, I can, I can take him. And Malice is like, Captain America, what are you, what, what, don't, you can't, no. And then Cap shows up and he's like, ha ha, villain, Captain America here. You're going to let that woman go. And Dr. Malice grabs a lever and he says, if I pull this lever, she's going to die. So you need to leave. And uh, Armadillo and uh, Armadillo's like, no, not my wife, not my Betsy or I can't remember what her name was. Um, Bonita, that was her name. And Malice says, Armadillo, I want you to kill Captain America. If you don't, then Bonita will die. And Armadillo doesn't want to kill Captain America, but that's okay. Because Captain America doesn't want to die, and he ends up whipping his shield at Dr. Malice and breaking his arm. And so he's going to take Armadillo and Bonita out of the lab, and the Armadillo's like, no, you can't take her out of that tank. She'll die. 
I can't. We, what about her? How is she going to get cured if, if Dr. Malice is arrested? And Cap's like, you know what? I'm not dealing with this with this anymore. Uh, I'm going to go call the cops and let them deal with it. And he tells Armadillo, you keep an eye on Malice. I'll go call the cops. And then you guys will just have to deal with it from there. And then he leaves. And Dr. Malice is like, hee hee. That's what I was hoping would happen. I'd much rather deal with the police than Captain America. And then uh, Cap jumps on his Quinjet and he, he he heads back to New York. I'm surprised, or I was surprised to learn later, I think it was when I talked about issue number 311, not the first time Cap just walks away without really resolving anything. He's just, all right, uh, I'm done. Y'all figure it out from here. Random moment number two comes from episode number 42, which was posted on October 30th. 2019 and the title of the episode was recommended zombie reads and this is where i talk about two zombie books well i talk about more than two zombie books in the episode but this random clip here i talked about a zombie book involving star trek or at least star trek fandom and a zombie book involving the beatles sounds fun eh well let's listen all right the next book is called night of the living trekkies and this is by Kevin David Anderson and Sam Stahl. And this is a zombie book set during a Star Trek convention. There's a big Star Trek convention when the zombie outbreak happens. You've got one guy, he's a security guard for the convention center where the, where the, uh, the Star Trek convention is being held. He's not a big sci-fi fan from what I remember. But then he has to fight off all these zombies. In this case, the zombies were created by an alien virus. It's been a long time since I've read this book, so I don't remember a lot of details. I do remember being very angry when I discovered this book because I've always wanted to write a zombie story during a comic book convention. It just makes sense. You've got this, you've got these big convention centers attached to hotels. You've got thousands of people there. What better place for a zombie outbreak to start, it's like Die Hard, right? Die Hard in a convention center, but instead of terrorists, they're zombies. Maybe I'll still do it. I'll have to go back and read this book to make sure I'm not copying anything. I don't know. I just think it would be a great idea. I just think it would be a lot of fun. They already did it Night of the Living Trekkies, so maybe I'm not going to do it. But I do feel like I need to go back and read this book again because it's been a while. It's been a number of years. I just remember really liking it. And I'm not a Star Trek guy. I like the next generation. Some of my, a uh, couple of my favorite movies are next generation movies, but I'm not an old school Star Trek guy. And there's a, there's a lot of stuff in this book that I recall that's very anti Star Wars. It's like a lot of digs against Star Wars, which was really fun. Being a huge Star Wars fan and not a Star Trek fan reading this book, I thought it was a lot of fun. Really good book. Alien Invasion by way of Zombie Virus. If I remember correctly, I know it was aliens, but I can't remember I can't remember if it was an alien invasion. If that was the precursor to an alien invasion, I can't remember. The last book I want to talk about is called Paul is Undead: The British Zombie Invasion, and it's by Alan Goldshire. This is a great book if you are two things, a zombie fan and a Beatles fan. This tells the tale of the Beatles as zombies. 
These aren't your typical zombies. These aren't your shambling, brainless zombies. These are undead creatures that can think. So they're up there. They're the band. They're playing. They're playing their music. They're just, they're zombies. And it ends up being kind of a, a, a hip thing to be a zombie. And John, John Lennon, for example, they all have this ability to hypnotize their crowds and convince them that they want to be zombies too. Now, Ringo Starr is not a zombie in this book. Paul George and John are zombies. Ringo Starr is not. He never, he never, he decided he didn't want to do that. He is instead a seventh level ninja. And then, and then to take it even further, Mick Jagger is a zombie hunter. And those crazy dances he does on stage, that's actually part of his fighting style. That's, those aren't dances. That's his fighting technique. I really need to go back and reread those books. I remember really enjoying that Star Trek one, especially. Random moment number three comes out of episode number 27 from October 9th, 2019. And it's my talk about X-Force number one. So I just, I just threw in the intro. You're going to get the intro here. And uh, Rob Liefeld being a superstar and how they really try to emphasize his superstardom in the credits of the book. Every single day, five days a week, that gets a little old. So I try to mix it up every once in a while. And I end up saying stuff like, welcome, 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 or had it, folks, or what up? And they all just seem to fall flat. So the promise I'm going to make you here on this episode is that I'm not going to do an intro at all. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to skip it. We're going to skip the intro. We're going to forget that there was an intro even made. I'm just, we're not going to do it. And that'll save us some time in the end, I think. I think it'll be a shorter, tighter episode because we're not going to have to worry about that intro. We're not going to have to worry about me trying to mix it up, trying to be a little entertaining, trying trying to have some fun with it and maybe make you smile. I'm not going to try that on this day of podcasting. We're going to skip it and we're going to get right into the the comic book that I'm going to talk about. So, yeah. Just skipping it all together. Wasn't that wasn't that great? Bam! Here comes the comic. You ready? X-Force number one from June of 1991. So it's got art by Rob Liefeld, written by Fabian Nachiza, letters by Chris Eliopoulos, colors by Brad Van Catta, and the, the editor on this is Bob Harris. And your uh your your main editor, your editor-in-chief is Tom DeFalco. But that's not how it's listed. In the book, if you're looking at the book itself and you're looking at the credits, it actually, the way it reads is Rob Liefeld, everything but, and then it gives your writer, your colorist, your letterer, and which I find a little silly. We'll get to the editors here in a second, but I find that a little silly because it's like Rob Liefeld is doing everything but all this other stuff. So basically, he's just penciling and inking. They could have just said that, but it's no. Rob Liefeld's doing everything. Everything on this book is all about Rob Liefeld, except for the the, the writing and the, the colors and, and the letters. But everything else was done by Rob Liefeld. They were really, you have to understand, we'll talk about this more a little bit later, you have to understand that at this point in Rob Liefeld's career, he was a freaking superstar. 
He hadn't been on the Spike Lee Levi's 501 Blues jeans commercial. Yes, he did that. We'll talk about that maybe in a minute too. But he was, if not at the peak of his career, he was almost there at this point. He was a superstar. He was doing New Mutants. He had come on to New Mutants, and that's where he really made his name. And then they gave him this book. He created many of the characters, from what I understand. But this was his book. He didn't write it, though. But they were selling it on the fact that Rob Liefeld was on the book, which is why I'm assuming in the, in the, the credits it says, Rob Liefeld, everything but all the other stuff. So what started off this little tangent was I was going to explain how it listed our editor and our editor-in-chief. It lists them as Bob Harris, Baggy Eyes, and Tom DeFalco. Baggy boss. <laughs> anyway. Oddly enough, I think I've read issue two from that epic collection, that X-Force epic collection, and I, I've yet to go back. And I feel like I read issue two not long after I read issue number one. So I haven't gone back to that epic collection since October. Random moment number four comes from episode number 36. And I did not write down the date that this episode was posted, nor did I write down the date that moment number five came from. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna get beyond that because that's what Steven does. He makes mistakes. This is from the episode entitled My Favorite Podcasts Part One. I don't really think I need to set this up all that much based on the title of the episode. No, today I want to talk about podcasts that I listen to. On a daily basis. And all I'm going to do here, I've got my phone out. I got my, my podcast catcher. I, I've got a, I've got an iPhone. I'm not rich. It's provided to me. It's a, it's a, don't, you know what? Why am I even getting into it? Anyway, I'm on my podcasting thing here on my phone and I'm just going to go through the shows I listen to every day and I'm going to go through them alphabetically. This is not like a top five. I'm not choosing these in order of how much I like them. This is just all about the alphabet. Today's episode is brought to you by the ABCs. Use them in life because they're useful. So the first podcast I have here in my list that I that I listen to, I'm not going to include shows that are no longer producing. All right. I got a couple of those here that no longer produce episodes. So I'm not going to be talking about those. Well, maybe I will. Might as well. You know what? Because there's some that I really enjoy that are just on hiatus. So I'll talk about those as well. All right. So the first one is called Alternate Reality. It's a comic book podcast and the hosts are John and Charlie. This one's currently on hiatus due to medical issues, but it's just a couple of dudes that talk comics and I I really quite enjoy it. There's not really a lot to say about it. I think the hosts, obviously these guys are friends. They have a great rapport together if we want to go that route. But again, they're not currently creating. They're not currently producing. I think the last episode they put out was back in March. But I'm I'm still subscribing to them because you know what? You never know. The next podcast on my list is Around Comics. This one goes way back. So does Alternate Reality, frankly. Alternate Reality was producing episodes back when I first started, or at least around the time that I started. And they're still doing it, whereas I quit 
a couple years in and then came back. Around Comics is one of those OG comic book podcasts. They were one of the first ones that I would listen to back in the day, 13, 14 years ago or so. And uh, you've got Brian Salazar, Christopher Neesman, and Tom Caters. Now, when the when the show originally was produced, all three of these dudes lived in Chicago and they would go into this comic book store every week and they would sit down and they'd record the episode. And it was pretty awesome. Well, they stopped doing it and they recently came back like me and they started podcasting again. But now they they live in different areas of the country. So they do it over Skype and they're only released once an ep- once a, once a month, but they're still really fun. These guys obviously really like each other. They obviously get along or they wouldn't be doing this. I think the thing I like about this show now, because it has changed quite a bit, none of them, or at least uh, Tom and Sal, don't seem to be really purchasing brand new books. They're not getting weekly books that I can tell. They're kind of in the same boat I am. They get a lot of their books off of Hoopla, which is a wonderful service out there. If you have a library card... Find out if your library participates in the Hoopla program because you get stuff for free digitally to borrow, which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, I enjoyed doing those episodes, talking about the podcasts that I listen to. And here's the thing. I haven't listened to a podcast in over a month. I've been listening to audiobooks. So take that as it is. All right. Our final random moment. Random moment number five comes out of episode four called Extremity Volume One Artist. And uh, really this moment, this moment that I'm providing you here is an example of my extreme method of going off on tangents. I don't feel like I do it as much now as I used to when I started season one, but I do have the capability, and I, I, I've named it. I have a name for it. It's mine. I coined it. Don't use it unless you're going to say, hey, the guy from Just Another Fanboy created this. Then you can use it all you want, but I call it tangenting. So enjoy this final clip. It is an example of me doing some very extreme tangenting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm Steven. I'm the fanboy who is just another, you know, because there's a lot of fanboys out there. Fanboys and fangirls. They're, we're all over the place, man. We're in your schools. We're in line with you at the McDonald's. We're at the post office selling you stamps. We're mowing your lawns. We're watching your children. We are everywhere. And I'm just another one of them. So recently I read Extremity Volume 1 by Daniel Warren Johnson with colors by Mike Spicer. And I'm very amazed that I can remember those names because if if you've been paying attention the last couple episodes, I don't, I'm not doing notes. I'm not writing anything down. These are all off the top of my head, except for, of course, the monthly Megasode. I really don't know if I'm going to stick with that name. That's just... I don't know. Is it is it warming up to you yet? The monthly megasode. So the first episode would have been a monthly megasode. Maybe if I stop saying it that way. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. For now, that's what we're going to go with. If you have something better, if you have a better name for the monthly episodes, then uh, 
Shoot me an email, feedback at stephenrls.com. Anyway, the reason why I'm so surprised, yes, I go on tangents. This is also something you should know about me. The reason why I have surprised myself is because I don't remember stuff. So the fact that I didn't write down Daniel Warren Johnson and Mike Spicer and yet remembered their names as I'm talking about the book now, even though I finished it last week, says something about how much I love these two guys. Now, Extremity Volume 1, I will say I didn't enjoy it as much as Murder Falcon. I don't know that I'm ever going to like anything ever again as much as I liked Murder Falcon. I hope so. There's a small part in my heart, a little piece there in the in the bottom of my heart that that still has wonderment and hope and expectation and uh, optimism and is wide-eyed and innocent and still looks at a bird in the sky and says, "Ooh, look, a bird." That little part of me hopes that there that that there will be better stories. Otherwise, what's the point of reading, right? If you've read a book or watched a movie or whatever, and you've thought to yourself, well, it's, it's just not going to get ever. It's never going to get any better than, than this album or this TV show or this movie or this book. If you've thought that, why do you keep reading? Why do you keep watching? You, you shouldn't think that it's you, you may come across something that is super amazing, but you just have to keep going with the expectation that there, there's going to be something better out there, not to belittle. What you've just enjoyed, that is the best thing that you have consumed up to that point. But then to think that there's never going to be anything better after that, it I, I assume that you will then from that point on lead a very sad life. And there you go. The top five randomly chosen moments from season one of Just Another Fanboy. I could do another top five, but frankly, that took a lot of work. I had to listen to all those episodes again. And I don't know if I'm up to doing that again. See, Good Mythical Morning can get away with it because the two guys, Rhett and Link, they don't actually do anything. They have people that work for them. They go out, they do all the stuff. They they collect the data. They put the clips together. And all Rhett and Link have to do is come into the studio and they they don't even, they haven't even seen these clips. They don't watch the show after they're done. They sit down and they watch these clips and they go, oh, yeah, I remember that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. It's pretty crazy what we did there. That food that we ate, that was kind of crazy. But I'm a one-man show and I gots to go because this episode is done. I sure hope you had fun. I'm going to stop rhyming because once I start rhyming, nothing good is going to come out of it. Once the rhyming begins, I just need to walk away and that's what I'm going to do. I'll see you here again next week. You'll get the trailer for season two and then season two will officially start on monday january the 13th now i think i mentioned this in the final episode of season two season one but i'm only going to do the episodes twice a week starting in season two monday and friday that's it twice a week all right well that's all i got in me folks so i'm gonna let you go because i got stuff to do see ya just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. 
I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.